Biden administration has now gone from not another foot of border wall to, well, let's build 20 miles of Trump's wall. It won't work, but we'll do it anyways. Former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Tom Homan, would explain the impact and real world dangers. And who will replace Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House? Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan's in the running? Hillary Clinton says a formal deprogramming is needed for MAGA Republicans. And then a judge denies Trump's request to pause the trial in Manhattan. Filmmaker, author, political strategist, Dinesh D'Souza joins us for the top stories and the new upcoming film, Police State. And in a historic quid pro quo, HHS funneled billions of dollars to private groups and individuals across the country. Dr. James Thorpe explains Americans have lost all trust in the U.S. government and its public agencies. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Big broadcast today, my fellow Americans. Uh, we'll have up shortly Dinesh D'Souza, Dr. Jim Thorpe. We're going to start the broadcast off with Tom Homan is here. Uh, Tom is the former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and uh, worked with the Trump administration closely, uh, which is why we had a lot of success, actually, at that border throughout the uh, Trump administration. A lot has changed there. This is a huge story this week, so excited to have Tom in here. and. Uh, all right, Tom, uh, this uh, this was obviously a head-scratcher for many, uh, and uh, I don't think anybody really anticipated this. Uh, when uh, Biden was campaigning for president, of course, it was uh, not another foot of border wall will be built on his watch. The, the Department of Homeland Security outlined the intent to build up to 20 miles of this of Trump's wall, basically, in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, which has been hit really, really hard with the crossings. What do you make of this? I think they're looking at the polling, and I think they're in, they're they're in trouble. I think they're uh, they're panicking. So I think they need to show something. They need to do something. You know, now you now you have Democrat governors, uh, major city Democrats uh, speaking out. The polling is really bad. I think they're uh, again. I, it's a, pure, purely a political move because they don't want to secure the border. They haven't tried, they haven't done anything to secure the border in three years. So I think it's a it's a move to show something. Now, you know, the, the Joe Biden says we have to do it because of the Appropriations Act. You know, the Appropriations Act is one thing, you know, you can point to if he wants, but the Appropriations Act didn't say that he had to waive 26 federal laws and statutes like the, the, the Clean Water Act, you know, the, the Environmental Protection Act, uh, the, the Endangered Species Act. They waived all those things um, so they can build the wall. So it, it, don't, it doesn't make sense to me. He can say he was forced to do it and that kind of wants to placate the left. But I think they're doing it because they know they're in trouble and they know walls work. And, and Biden can say as much when they ask him, well, do you think walls work? He says, no. 
Well, they need to remind him. See, the reporters end the questioning too soon. They say, "Okay, well, why did you why did you vote for for the borders uh, the, the the Safe Fence Act in uh, two thousand six? You voted for it, Senator. You thought walls worked. You voted for it. So, you know what changed your mind? And have you checked the CBP database? Have you looked at cbp.gov and and looked to see every place they built a border barrier, a border wall, illegal immigration went down. So this affected. So again. Purely a political move, nothing more than that. The cartels are so organized and in control of our borders like never before in our history. And we're seeing the results of this. I mean, you're talking a small little area. It's an important area, but this thing goes on for a long ways here. Aren't the cartels just going to find another way around this at this point? Yeah, they will, because they're going to continue to tell the people. They're going to continue to sell their services by a few simple words. We'll get you across the border. You turn yourselves into border patrol. Right. You'll be released. You'll be flown to the city of your choice at taxpayer expense, and you're going to get work a work authorization. And they already awarded half a million uh, temporary protective status to Venezuela. So just wait over there. You'll get something. Uh, th- now this country showing over and over again. They're going to give you some sort of status. So what's the downside? So the cartels are going to get them across the border. They're going to be released. They're going to get flown to the city of their choice and get work authorization. Who the hell wouldn't come to the United States? So, no, this 10 miles wall, 20 miles wall, you know, it will help. It will help if they actually build it, which I, I, I'm, I'm holding my breath on that. Right. Walls were effective, but you got to change the policies. This it exactly. isn't a resource exactly. issue. It's a policy issue. Right, right. So th- th- that's my point, Tom, right there, is that unless they change their mindset, which they're not going to do, uh, these policies are here to stay. And everybody knows what you just said. They know it throughout the world. They're just documenting things. That's what CBP is doing. All their time is spent not to create enforcement, but to just process the people. They're like they're coming through. It's like a Macy's department store at Christmas, for God's sakes. Through the states of January 25, when me and Trump walk back in the White House, and we take the border back. To your point a moment ago here, major cities, including, uh, well, so many. I mean, it's a countless New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, Denver. They're all, I mean, huge spikes in migration population. These blue city mayors and governors are speaking out. Some are even taking matters into their own hands and traveling to some of these countries now, which is very unusual. Now, what's remarkable is these cities and states are only getting a a piddling of the uh, impact of this thing. I mean, hardly anything. And yet they're losing their collective minds. They ought to just experience and spend the day uh, having to deal with the real border issues down there, those cities and states that are right there on the surface. It's kind of ironic that these cats like Eric Adams now are are, – uh, yeah, in fact, even uh, the governor there, uh, Tom, uh, Kathy Hochul, she pleaded on CNN, if you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. She's <laughs> any other state or city, but not New York. You, you can't make this stuff up. She says, uh, and then Mayor Adams says, we love you, but don't come to New York. Is this an effective strategy? Well, I think, no, it, no, it isn't because you're sanctuary cities. You know, every one of these places are sanctuary cities. So they need to understand something. They're raising hell because, you know, Governor Abbott or, 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 or somebody else is busting these people to New York City and Chicago and to all, the, to all these cities. But they're going to go to those cities anyways. If the government's not going to transport them there, if the, gov- if the, if the government or the governors don't transport them there, they're going to get there on their own. People, like New York, for example, if you're an illegal alien 
and you want to be protected and you want to, you don't want to worry about ice. You don't want to worry about, you know, getting arrested or being deported. You're going to go to New York. Why? Because there's sanctuary city. The, the, the NYPD cannot work with ice by, 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 by New York city law. Uh, they can get arrested for a crime and get booked into Rikers Island and they won't be turned over ice. Now, when I was ice director, I had 12 agents shipped at Rikers Island. We removed hundreds of illegal aliens when they were done at Rikers Island and removed them from the country. But we got kicked out of Rikers Island because it became a sanctuary city. So if you're an illegal alien, why would you not go to New York? You can get a driver's license. You can get lodging and food and medical care. You can get in-state tuition. You can get arrested and not get turned over ice. You can even get money from the city to help fight your immigration case. Who the hell wouldn't go to New York? So until they change their sanctuary policies, the people are going to go there anyways, either by help of the governor or by themselves. Listen, you've been seeing, and and we have, there's been talk of military intervention. Uh, This has been very hot, actually, even in the GOP debates, uh, to take out drug cartels, which are in total control of our borders. But the cartels are in such deep control. What's happened now, Tom, I want to point out is we've created a money machine. This is a huge, huge money machine operation for these cats. They're not going away easy. I mean, they're just not. As I say, they'll find a way around it, I'm pretty certain. But this whole idea of military intervention, is is that what it will take at this point, do you think? Because it's this out of control borders is more than a talking point. What what will it take? Is is it about military at this point? Yeah, we well, got to remember Los Zetas and the Sinaloa cartel. Yeah, Los Zetas are in 30 countries across the globe. Um, Sinaloa is in over 40 countries. It's like a Fortune 500 company, these things. Yeah. So as far as Mexico's concerned, which is our biggest threat, I think it, it, it's going to be take a, a combination of things. And, and none of them through Mexico, because Mexico has failed to take control of the cartels. And, I, and I'm going to say this, and I don't, I don't want to make people upset, but I don't care. It's the truth. Much of the Mexican military is corrupt. Much of the Mexican law enforcement is corrupt. Much of the Mexican government is corrupt. Now, I, now there's cops and there's, there's soldiers down there who want to do the right thing and, and, and serve in their country, but they got to understand many in their leadership are corrupt. That's why they're all millionaires. And so we can't trust Mexico to do it. They failed to do it. They've, they've turned their heads on it. So, yeah, I think a combination thing, our intelligence uh, agencies follow the money, shut them down globally. And I, I think, yeah, special options go down and take these take these drug cartels out. Why do I say that? Because uh, Los Zetas and, 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 and Sinaloan cartels have killed more Americans than any terrorist organization. They are terrorist organizations. And, and they're, terrible, they're, they're narco-terrorists. And, and, and President Trump wanted, you know, remember, he wanted to designate them terrorists because when he designated them terrorists, we don't need permission. To go in, you know, and 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 send a hellfire rocket in there and and take out a lab or something. It, look, they're killing. They've killed over hundred thousand Americans, poisoning them. And it, it's time we take action. Mexico has failed to do it. Mexico is not going to do it. So we got we got to do it ourselves. So yeah, I think between intelligence, our law enforcement assets, and our special operations teams. Yes, we need, we need to take them on and declare war against the people who have killed over 100,000 Americans. Right. Well, what you play out right there is it, it should tell every American, Tom, we are at war. Really, we are at war um, in many ways. And right there, we definitely are. And then when you throw out the numbers you just throw out, that should also appeal to every American as well. That what we're talking about right now is a mass casualty event. 
which uh, certainly will dwarf what happened even at 9-11 that people still we talk about today. These numbers we're talking about now, this is a much greater situation. Okay, back in 2020 now, Trump ran on the border and illegal immigration. This is before we ever got to the point we're at now, but he's seen the problem coming. He's seen early on what was taking place at the borders. I guess the question I ask you here, and this is a little tricky here, do you think coming now into 2024, do you think immigration or, and usually it's the economy that drives things, and we're about ready to get sucker punched pretty hard, economists are telling me, um, which may or may not be timely, may be very timely coming into the election. Do you think the immigration or the economy will be the leading issue to drive voters to the polls in 2024, I wonder, Tom? They're both going to be high up there, but I think immigration is a huge issue because it's not about illegal immigration anymore. I'm out going around the country speaking about this. I said, look, I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. This administration has caused a crisis, man-made crisis so big it's overwhelmed the Border Patrol. And when you overwhelm the Border Patrol, it takes 70 to 100% of agents off the line. And I say 100% because the other day in Eagle Pass, they took every single agent off patrol and brought them in to process the overflow. Think about that for a moment. There was a couple hundred miles of border. wasn't a single law enforcement officer on patrol. You don't think the cartels had a field day with that? So look, when you over, when you overburden the border patrol, where they got seventy to usually up to ninety percent of agents pulled off the line, that's when the fentanyl comes across and kills Americans. That's when the traffic, sex trafficking on women and children happen, and that's when the known or suspected terrorists are going to take advantage of the vulnerable border. I'm pushing this terrorist aspect. I'm telling people, look. Border Patrol has arrested the people from 171 different countries. Some of these countries are sponsors of terror. They've already arrested 267 people on the terrorist watch list. That's who they arrested. But here's the kicker. We got it. We got known. This is known. 1.8 million gotaways because they were seen on video traffic, drone, drone traffic, or essential traffic. They were recorded entering the United States illegally, but Border Patrol couldn't respond because they're too busy with the overflow. 1.8 million gotaways. You don't think a single one of them came from a country sponsoring terror? Then you're an idiot. This is the biggest national security failure this country has seen since 9-11. I don't know how many terrorists have gotten in, but someday we're going to find out it's going to be a bad day for America. So, you know, fentanyl is making it in every town, city, and state in this country. Every town, city, and state is not a, is a border town, city, and state. And the terrorism aspect should scare the hell off everybody. So I would think they'd go to the voting booth and vote for the person that's going to guarantee that they're going to address border security because it's, it's plain and simple. You don't have strong national security if you don't have border security. If you don't know who's coming in this country then that's a huge national security issue. So I think once people get educated, it's just not about immigration anymore. I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. This is about national security. It's about fentanyl. It's about trafficking of women and children. Because 9-11 t- taught us we can't give visas to people who, who, who are known suspected terrorists. We can't get plane tickets to these people. So we created this database, and, and we've actually prevented thousands of people from coming here who had derogatory information in their background. However, there's not a terrorist in this world that's going to put himself in the position to apply for a visa or a plane or try to get a plane take, knowing he'll be vetted through numerous databases, including DOD and Intel databases, when they can simply get to Mexico, pay a little bit extra money, and cross away 1.8 million people did. People need to understand, why did 1.8 million people choose to pay more? Why didn't they pay less just to turn themselves in? 
get transported to the city of their choice, get work authorization, get get lodging and food and medical care. Why do they not take advantage of that giveaway program? Why do they pay more to be smuggled to New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles? Why? Because they didn't want to get vetted. They didn't want to get fingerprinted. They didn't want to get processed. That's so these are the people carrying the fentanyl. These are people that could be known suspected terrorists. They get there's a reason why they didn't turn themselves in. So I, what people need to understand, most, most of the, much of the, the millions that come in this country aren't going anywhere. If you think for a minute that ICE can go arrest 20 million people, they simply can't. So a lot of these people are going to hang out. They're going to be, they'll be based on immigration court data from the last decade, nine out of 10 people that claim asylum at the border, nine out of 10 will get an order of removal because they don't qualify. And so you're going to, ICE is going to have to look for millions of people, and they simply can't do it. I, I record when I was at ICE, a record-breaking year was four hundred nine thousand. We we arrested and removed in a year. The resources just aren't there. So they're going to overwhelm. They're already overwhelming the school systems because you got you know class of of twenty in New York City is now a class of forty and half don't That's speak right. English, which holds yeah. back the entire class. Trauma centers are shutting down. Hospitals are going bankrupt on the on, on the border. And look, it, the national security threat. This. This isn't going anywhere, and and this country's going to be damaged for a long time. Well, uh, Trump says he would find these cats and send them back, but that's that's a needle in the haystack, isn't it, Tom? Well, look, I I, I told Trump I I come back, I'll run the biggest deportation operation in the history of the country. Yeah. But if, do I think I can rest? You know, probably up over twenty million now. No, but. I tell you what, no one's off the table. We'll we'll, we'll get them one at a time, and, and we'll keep pushing it. But we we got to We can't make it comfortable for them. Here's why I say this: If someone gets the nine out of ten get order removed, they'll go hide out and not not leave. They'll have a U.S. citizen kid or two. Even when I was ICE director, I had Republican senators call me up and say, "Why did you deport that guy? He's had two U.S.C. kids." And I had to explain to him, "Look." He didn't have two USC kids when he entered country legally, which is a crime. He didn't have two USC kids when he was ordered removed by a federal judge. He hit out, became a fusion, and have two USC kids. So now that he has two USC kids because they're born here, he's immune from our laws. The federal court that ordered him removed, that 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 order means nothing. I said, because if the, if the federal court ordered him removed and we don't take action on it, then shut down the immigration courts too because they don't mean anything anymore. There has to be consequences. We all learned as children. Yeah. I, I certainly did. Bad behavior is not going to change unless there's consequences and some sort of deterrence. We have to remove these people that order removed. We can't give them. We can't give them amnesty. We can't. And look, we need we need e verify, and we need we need to change birthright citizenship. He has a lot to do. There's there's going to be a lot to fix here uh, in this next administration. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And, you know, when I talk about Tom and the economy and immigration, uh, you know, really the way to look at it and following up on your point is that, you know, listen, I mean, <laughs> if you're national security, sure. But what does that really mean? Well, it's life, limb, it's everything. And if you've got this sort of a thing happening right now, your economy is not going to matter if you're dead uh, or if you've got serious problems in your neighborhood. Uh, you can forget that's going to become the biggest issue. And that's what Americans need to realize coming in. I do believe immigration is, um, and it's more than this, it's the terrorists, it's everything that we've explained here. Uh, Tom, uh, you're, a, you're a clarion voice uh, at, a, at a very difficult time in the nation at a problem that has surfaced to the very, very top. Uh, always thank you for all of your time and effort. Let me tell folks too, Homeland uh, strategic.com homelandstrategic.com actually 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 Malcolm if I could push we I just started a nonprofit I'm not looking to make a dime I hired the smartest border patrol 
Okay. People that created the greatest policies under Trump, go to border911.com. Border911.com. Okay, 91. Making a note. We'll get it in the post as well, Tom, uh, for this not-for-profit. Absolutely. And I'll take a look at it. Um, We'll connect again here soon. God bless you. Thank you, Tom Homan. You got it. Thank you, sir. Okay, perfect. All right. Okay, there is uh, Tom Homan there, and uh, appreciate him, uh, friends. And uh, let me just tell you now that uh, also a huge problem happening in the Middle East. You may be very well aware of this or not, but uh, it is uh, over the last day or so. uh, You should be aware the Israeli military uh, has... uh, Confirmed, of course, Hamas has lost, I think, like 2,200 rockets in the initial shelling uh, by air, land, and the sea, and uh, started to take hostages. I mean, they're at war. Netanyahu basically came out and said that. We are at war, not in an operation, not in rounds of fighting, at war. He was very declarative in his statements. He said, and I quote, I instructed a wide-scale call for reserves to respond militarily at an intensity and scale that the enemy has not known before. The enemy will pay a price they have never paid before. That is from uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. My friends, you have to pray for the Middle East and pray for Israel at this point. Uh, they are indeed at war. And where does it, uh, you know, how how complicated does it get from there? And in the meantime, we will take this story up and focus on it on the Voice of a Nation on Monday. And we'll have the leading experts on and talk about this story as it develops now in the next couple of days. It is going to be a, a major, major story here. Now, it is all back at AmericaOutloud.news uh, is the place we want you to get to and share the out loud truth, please. Uh, you'll see us on the front lines and uh, securing liberty and justice for all Americans. Uh, so help us out there. We're going to take a quick pause. Be back with Dinesh D'Souza as you're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Allout here and uh, continue on now with Dinesta Souser is here. Now, Dinesh, uh, best-selling author, uh, great filmmaker. He's become really known for the films, actually. Uh, his political documentaries have been game-changing. You remember the 2016 Obama's America. You remember America, Imagine a World Without Her. And, of course, the election one, the 2000 Mules, was significant as well. Uh, there's another one coming that I, I just think is uh, it'll, it'll just grab you. I mean, it's really something else. You see the trailers and the setup for this thing, and it's called Police State, and it is quite something here. Dinesh, welcome here to Viewpoint this Sunday. My brother, it's good to have you. Hey, it's always good to be back. Thank you. 
Okay, so let's start first with some top news. I'm very anxious to get your perspective because we haven't talked in a bit here. So let's let's start with this uh, speaker, Kevin McCarthy. You know, there was a lot of odds within the, the Republican ranks. We, we understand what's happening there. Uh, but was this the right move for the GOP right then? Do you support that move uh, that with Matt Gates or not? I will say that we won't know if this was a good move or not until we see what the next step is. This is one of those cases where we only get wisdom in the rear view mirror. So if we get a stronger leader that is able to unify the Republicans and uh, take the fight to the Democrats, I'll be happy. I'll, I'll say in retrospect, this was actually uh, a, a providential outcome. On the other hand, if it's continuing um, mutual recriminations and infighting and chaos, I mean, there's a high risk here that the Republicans who have a very narrow majority in the House yeah. would not continue to have a unified, uh, effective majority. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. The bigger challenge, though, as you say, unifying the Republicans, Dinesh, that, that's a tall order when you've got so many moderates and Democrat light players in there. It's kind of hard to moderate that with a conservative agenda, which is really patriotism, America first. Uh, which is a lot of the country is pulling for now. We're starting to see that come back because of the likes of the economy and immigration and terrorist and foreign policy. I mean, it's it's a train wreck and eyes are being open. So I'm not sure this Republican Party can be specifically unified. I'm not even sure that's possible. Do you think it is? I, I think it is because I think that it has been done before. I mean, if we flash back to the Reagan era, Right. We had exactly the same thing. You had some hardcore Reaganites, but you also had uh, at that time they weren't called, you know, rhinos or they were they tended to be called moderates or pragmatists. Right. Uh, even inside the Reagan administration, you'd have people like Ed Meese and Casper Weinberger who were seen as sort of hardcore Reaganites. And then you'd have people like James Baker and, and perhaps the secretary of state, George Schultz. And. What Reagan did was he was able to bring those groups together because he combined, and I think this is the key, philosophical grounded conservatism with a temperamental geniality. All right. In this 118th Congress now, uh, McCarthy says he's out. He's not running again. We know that. Uh, there are two, at this moment, there are two uh, viable folks that we're looking for that are certainly to the right of McCarthy. McCarthy was very much... Uh, well, I mean, I think a lot of people would believe he was part of the uniparty or certainly part of the establishment or whatever you want to call it there. Now, right now, you've got uh, two really well-liked people here. You've got Steve Scalise, of course, who's number two in the air right now. I and mean, you've got Jim Jordan, the beloved Jim Jordan, who was just here a few weeks ago and uh, who's um, very artful. Both of these cats are very artful, actually, but they're far more conservative. Some people say that's a danger. I don't see it that way myself. I think we need to uh, buckle down and uh, draw a line here for uh, patriotism and for America first, frankly. Uh, what do you put the odds on right now with these cats, with Jordan and Scalise? You see Jordan got the uh, recommendation of Trump. Of course, we knew that was going to happen. But just looking at the players and who they are, what do you think? Well, in the past, Republicans have tended to be very hierarchical and pick the, quote, next in line, and that would be Scalise. Right. And I agree that I think Scalise, although I think he's similar to McCarthy, is a little bit to the right of McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that Jordan is to the right of Scalise, 
And I do think that Jordan combines the philosophical conservatism with the temperamental geniality that I talked about a moment ago, because he's a really nice guy and everybody likes him. It's, you know, the left will say some bad things about him, but even they are half-hearted in the way they do it. Yeah. And uh, I think this is a guy who probably could bring things uh, together. So what are the odds that it will be one or the other? I don't know. But the reason I incline toward Jordan myself is uh, in because I think also that the stuff that Jordan is doing in the oversight committee, right. the um, the impeachment inquiry, this is vitally important. And this is really what a Republican House can do. Obviously, you can try to pass legislation, but it's going to go nowhere because of the Democratic run Senate. And then, of course, the White House will veto it. So there's no point doing pretend legislation. You should focus on the ways in which you can be effective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, perfectly said. Uh, Jim Jordan is very artful, to your point, And you're right. Uh, be, he would be one that would be able to straddle that line. Uh, he doesn't even really want this, I believe. And, and that's my sense, because he, he's even talked off mic to me about that. That's not his desire, which is really what you need right now as somebody who's going to do it for love of country and because it is needed more than, oh, I really, this is my time. And like McCarthy, I've, this, I've been groomed for this. This is my deal. That's a big deal, isn't it? Well, you're right. I think that Jordan is a self-effacing guy. He, um, in fact, you know, interestingly, with this new film of mine, Police State, he is hosting a screening of the film for uh, Congress, members of Congress. He's doing it along with Rand Paul. Uh, and his office called me and said, well, you know, make sure that you list Rand Paul's name first because he's a senator and also because Jim Jordan doesn't like to be in the limelight. And I thought that was pretty striking coming from his own office. Yeah. Normally, a congressional office is always hyping their guy, trying to get him front and center, yeah. making yeah. sure that he can speak for 30 minutes before the, the yeah. movie is screened and so on. But none of this in the case of Jim Jordan. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I love about him, what you just said, man. Thank you for putting that out there. And it just tells people what we're speaking about here. So uh, I'm with you there. All right. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. OK, so she called. I, once I see this story, I said this is a great one for Dinesh, man. All right, she's calling for a formal deprogramming. Uh, she wants to start that deprogramming with you, Dinesh. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> for many of the supporters, uh, MAGA supporters, others of Trump, uh, regarding the, uh, so regarding the government shutdown fight and the ouster of Speaker McCarthy, she was talking about the same part of the GOP caucus uh, who helped prevent a government shutdown with, uh, with the cult wing devoted to Trump, she says. And listen to this, Dennis. She says, and I quote, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members uh, but something needs to happen. Well, this is right on the deplorable thing with, for Hillary, we know. Uh, you know, what do you make of this? I mean, she, she, you know, she's predicting Trump will be the nominee, by the way, in 2024, just as the last caveat here to this, but expressed confidence that Biden would defeat him. Go ahead. What do you say about that? Uh, I'll say a word about it, but uh, you know, you made a joke about me, and and let's remember that in my case, my campaign finance case, going back to the Obama years, this was in 2013. The Clinton-appointed judge 
uh, did sentence me to psychological counseling. So think mm -hmm. about it. Why would they do that? Normally, they they sentence someone to psychological counseling if they, you know, have put bodies in the refrigerator like Jeffrey Dahmer. But <laughs> in my case, I was, you know, donating to a college friend of mine running for office. So nothing unclear about my motive. Uh, but I think they were hoping to um, they were hoping to but to put some 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 therapy on me so I would see the light and maybe come out, you know, spouting the same kind of rhetoric that you hear every day on MSNBC. So in my case, of course, the deprogramming didn't work. Now, back to Hillary Clinton for here. And, um, you know, I think her rhetoric is kind of dangerous, even though there are people who are saying, oh, she's off her rocker. Oh, she's nuts. Here we go again. When you start calling a large group of people cult members, what are you really doing? Well, kind of you're dehumanizing them. Think back to the 1990s and what happened at Waco. A lot of Americans supported the uh, federal government's assault at Waco. But think about it. They burned a bunch of buildings. They killed a bunch of women and children. But people were like, well, you know, that's OK, because those people were kooks. They were cult members. They were fanatics. So the point I'm trying to get is that police states do this kind of thing. They dehumanize you first. And that's a prelude to incarcerating you. And in some cases, well, this is the Nazi case, exterminating you. The Manhattan fraud trial in New York City with the Attorney General Letitia James. Uh, Trump's decided to use it really. I mean, what could he do? But as a campaign deal, a judge, Peter Moulton, has denied uh, Trump's request to pause the civil fraud trial. And uh, pending uh, uh, in the, this appeal from a previous ruling by Judge Arthur Engeron there, uh, we, we, it, this has become very uh, uh, much a few. Letitia James ran on this. This was her whole campaign. Where's this going, do you think? It looks like she's going to be successful from what we see or indicators are. It looks like he's priming himself for that. This would effectively end the Trump family business in New York. What becomes of this, you think? Well, this shows the... Um the utter kind of promiscuity of the left's attack on Trump. It's its a shotgun attack. Uh, if we can't get him on the classified documents, let's get him on January 6th. If we can't get him on D in D.C., let's get him in Florida. If we can't get him in Florida, let's try at the state level in Georgia, if not in New York. Uh, if we don't have a good criminal case with Alvin Bragg, let's try to go after his businesses. This is, again, look, uh, I don't mean to pull everything back to the police state, but I want to make this point. Police states tend to be one-party states. And a one-party state is not a state where there are no elections or there is no opposition. Right now, there are elections that are being held in, in China. Uh, Iran has elections. But notice that in Iran, the ruling mullahs get to choose who the candidates are. So they make sure that there's no effective opposition. That's the key point, effective opposition. Now, if they had gone after Trump on one thing, oh, he broke the law on this one thing, and he really should have turned back those classified documents, we could look at the facts of the case. But when you have 91 charges and this kind of nonstop barrage of lawfare against Trump, it becomes really obvious that this is a pretext to kind of get him one way or the other. And the, the valuation of Mar-a-Lago is a very good symbol of this because you know, everybody knows that with property, there is a property tax value and then there is a market value. Mm -hmm. I bought a home in Texas five years ago and uh, it has gone up dramatically in market value, but it's not gone up dramatically in tax value because they gradually increase the tax assessment. And so if you go by the tax assessment, the property is worth one thing. But if you look at what I could sell it for, it's worth another thing. 
Trump could sell Mar-a-Lago probably these days for three or four hundred million dollars. And yet absurdly, they're claiming it's worth, what, 28 million dollars. <laughs> so this is completely, you know, this shows a derangement. And in fact, Letitia James even put out a social media post triumphantly noting that Trump had inflated the value of Mar-a-Lago. It's only worth 28 million dollars. And everybody in Florida, including the entire real estate community, is laughing uproariously. So, so here's the question, Dinesh, I want to I wanna ask you, you know, with all these indictments now and all the layering on with Trump, right now, to me, it's a race to the White House specifically. The question is, does he get there first or does a conviction or even prison happen before then where they can keep him out of there? You, you see the the. Um, you know, how sensitive this whole thing is with the timeline I'm speaking about. What, what's your opinion on that? What happens first? The left doesn't trust the American people to make this judgment. You think that they would say, all right, well, this guy's got so much dirt. We'll use it in the campaign against him. That's traditionally been the view in American politics. You don't criminalize political differences. You put them right before the voters. But here are the Democrats and the left and the media want Trump to be convicted, if not incarcerated. Yep. They want to disable him from being able to effectively run. Now, right, so far, this has backfired on them because I think people are able to look and see there's something wrong here. It's really, you know, no one in our lifetimes has seen this kind of thing going on where you take the leader of the opposition party, yep. you barrage him with uh, criminal charges, you tie up his, um, uh, his finances and you tie him up in person. I mean, Trump is sitting, you know, in New York, showing up in court. He's not able to be at rallies. He's not able to carry out his campaign. And, and this is truly uncharted waters. So how it's going to play out next year is impossible for me to say. I'm just hopeful that the American people can see through the media fog and recognize what's going on. Over the past many months and years, I've noticed the rhetoric start to build more and more, Dinesh. They refer to, if you are a Christian American, if you believe in the Constitution, if you want to put America first by any chance, if you possess any of those qualities, Dinesh, you are a radical extremist, you are a mega Republican, you are many things that they do not put out favorable at all, and many of the policies of the rogue government agencies and the bureaucratic state begin to operate like a police state entirely. So for, that's that to me is the emphasis of the danger of where we're at, which highlights the film that you've just put out. It's just coming out here, uh, and I'll tell folks how to get it and all of that in a moment here. But this is a <clears throat> film that you worked in collaboration with Dan Bongino, and uh, you get into the, the whole uh, the depths of this thing. Tell us about it, please. Well, I wanted to partner with Bongino because he's a former NYPD officer. He's also a former Secret Service mm -hmm. agent. So he's he sort of has some knowledge of how this how the police agencies of the government work. And, um, you know, what's happened over the last few years and, and with with surprising rapidity is that the different elements of the police state are falling into place. We tend to look at them separately under COVID, for example, restrictions on religious freedom, restrictions on freedom of assembly. Under COVID, if you don't take the vaccine, you could get you could get fired. Uh, you can't go to church on Sunday. And then we have censorship that came out of January 6th. Hey, we don't want people talking about an insurrection, let alone leading an insurrection. So, you know, we're going to ban you if you say that the 2020 election was stolen. 
Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, you've had for many years uh, people on both sides of the aisle saying that what the other side is doing is radical or even what the other side is doing is criminal. But it's a completely different thing for the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS. In other words, the police agencies of government to take the view that one side of the political aisle is inherently susceptible to domestic extremism and domestic terrorism. And yet that's exactly where we are. So to get a little bit of perspective, if you look at police states around the world, think of North Korea or China or the old Soviet Union, and you were asked, well, what are the five defining um, features of those police states? Why do we call them unfree societies? The answer is they have mass surveillance, they have systematic censorship, uh, they are one party states, um, they criminalize political opposition and dissent. Uh, they have political prisoners. They have a rampant indoctrination in the schools and in the media. And then you say, wait, don't we have all those things now in the United States? So it is that dawning realization that provoked me to launch this film. The website, you can get the tickets and find out more about it, is policestatefilm.net. Policestatefilm.net. You'll be seeing that we will promote this up on americaoutloud.news. Uh, you will see connections to this on the left sidebar. You'll be able to get there from mobile or from desktop, whatever it is. There's a limited two-night open theatrical release on October 23rd and October 25th, followed by a virtual premiere on October 27th. And again, all those tickets are policestatefilm.net. Furthermore, on Mark your calendars now for me because I'm going to have a, a really terrific in-depth conversation with Dinesh on this police state and, and uh, th this film as well. On Wednesday, just prior to that to premiere, Wednesday, the 18th of October, uh, Dinesh will be on The Voice of a Nation and we'll have an extended detailed conversation about the growing and dangerous police state in America. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, wishing great uh, success for the film. I think you've hit a nerve that is very timely, as you always do. You seem to have your finger on the pulse always. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking forward to this one soon. Thank you very much. Uh, let me remind you to go to AmericaOutloud.shop for all those things you need to live a healthier and happier life, to be sure. These are a lot of the products we talk about on America Out Loud Pulse, on Looking for Healing Radio, on Nurses Out Loud, on a lot of our healthcare and medical programming on America Out Loud uh, Talk Radio. And uh, so you'll get discounts on these products, though, that we've negotiated on your behalf, like the spike support from the wellness company. You get 25% off, a very hefty uh, discount on those products. That's got the natokinase, uh, the dandelion root, and all the products to help you fight long COVID vaccine injury. And, and all of that. So this is an important product. And it's important time for people to get healthy. As well, there's some great products from Global Heal in there uh, that are truly remarkable. Uh, and there's discounts for those, Healthy Cell. And don't forget Cofix RX. They just come out with a new throat spray to, to uh, complement the uh, nasal hygiene, which is the perfect way to keep those pathogens out of your body uh, for sure. So you, and you get 25% off the year out loud 25 it's the code. It's all back. AmericaOutloud.shop. Check that out, friends. All right. We're going to move along here now. I'm really excited to have on Dr. Jim Thorpe in just moments on Viewpoint this Sunday.
We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. And welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. To all my fellow Americans, wishing you an awesome day and uh, thank you. A great program today, and we're going to continue now with Dr. James Thorpe joins me. Dr. Jim, he's a board-certified OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist with, oh, just a short bit here, about 44 years of clinical experience. Uh, goes by quick for sure. And um, But he's been at the forefront of a lot of things and pushing back against this uh, COVID uh a rogue runaway uh, program government. Uh, Jim and his wife, Maggie, I might add, are an incredible team out on the front lines here. A privilege to have you here, uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe, sir. Malcolm, it's such a privilege to be with you on this Sunday morning. It is indeed. It is a beautiful Sunday here. And uh, I want to talk to you a bit, a bit about this, um, why Americans have are losing trust, and probably many have already lost trust, uh, Dr. Jim, in uh, these uh, public agencies, which I call the bureaucratic state, more or less, okay? Um, and they are, many of them have gone rogue, and they are out of control. As an example, let me set the tone. We have a, a very, very, oh, wow, a amazing op-ed uh, from from Dr. Jim Thorpe and Maggie Thorpe, uh, his wife, put a lot of effort into this. It's called Rogue. Americans have lost all trust in U.S. government and its public agencies. And you say here, Dr. Jim, you say, described as the largest federal grant-making agency in the country. HHS was authorized to spend a sizable, oh, how about a half a trillion dollars, uh, money appropriated by Congress. It was free money for everybody. Uh, but who and what is the HHS is what's highlighted here. Well, and that's where I want to educate folks because it's got a lot of tentacles and a lot of people don't understand the power within this organization. Tell us a little bit, start there a moment and tell us about this half a trillion and this rogue agency and who they are, Jim. Indeed, HHS, it's the Department of Health and Human Services, and it's the major head of actually I believe at least 12 major behemoth organizations in of themselves. And those 12, of course, would include uh, a few most notable for the Center 
for disease control and prevention. CDC would be one of them. And, and of course, the uh, federal, uh, the, the Food and Drug Administration would be another one. NIH uh, would be another one. Wow. Uh, NIAID and, 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 and all of those, several others. And you're absolutely right, Malcolm. It's, I, I think that the hearing earlier last month by Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers. Uh, she, uh, I believe, is the chair of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. And she announced a, she had a press conference last, last month with several other uh, Congress people. Um, and, and it was very serious. I think that it was a capstone, if you will, a masthead for this um, emblematic uh, deterioration um, and, and rogue state of our government. What these public officials uh, pointed out, uh, Senator, uh, or I should say Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers as the chair, was that the HHS was completely rogue and, and unaccounted for and unabashedly. They, for 18 months, they had uh, 14 major officials, including Tony Fauci, Dr. Tony Fauci, who had Malcolm, who had no authority. They had no appointment. They credentialed their appointments had uh, had basically been completed over 18 months ago, and they were never formally completed. Uh, reappointed. And so they just continued, these 14 officials, including Fauci, continued to make, you know, very large grants and were illegally. When the chair addressed this for over a year, they were just like rebuffed. Well, we don't care. You know, we're, we're above the law and, and, you know, we're going to do what we have to do. And well, a lot of them ran like cockroaches once the heat started to get a little hot, don't you think, man? Uh, yeah, I, th I I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that, you yeah. know, Ra Rochelle Walensky is, yeah. is certainly one of them. Mark Mark Weber, remember, he was the yeah. deputy secretary, uh, assistant deputy secretary of HHS. And, of course, he's the one way back in 2021 that collaborated with Harvard and many other private institutions um, to really abuse the personal relationship of private entities, um, which of course, the, you know, the government has absolutely no business doing. They're yeah, supposed right. to be right. very separate from NGO, non-governmental right. organizations. Let me ask you this, this, this uh, historic, um, really you're talking about five trillion uh, that was distributed of federal money, taxpayer money all over the place here. I think it's safe to say, Dr. Thorpe, that this is part of the reason, part and parcel, we're having such difficult economic problems right now and e enormous high inflation and a spiraling economy. You can't buy a house, a car. People are struggling. I hit the middle class very badly, decimated the, the poor. I mean, that's this is a big part of the problem, isn't it? Oh, it's it's absolutely part of the problem, Malcolm. And, you know, I, I look at this. If I go up 
you know, three years ago, I really stayed in my own lane of area of expertise as a maternal fetal medicine specialist in the uh, specialty of, of obstetrics and gynecology. And I wouldn't really speak to any of these issues, but my goodness, Malcolm, a- after uh, three years of this and seeing the evidence laid out that this was a concerted, planned, I mean, irrefutably planned event and, and um, power grab. So, so a- a- absolutely, this is a, a planned, orchestrated event. Um, it's their rogue and the it's just totally off the tracks. They're off of reality and they're pushing literally now, Malcolm, I- I'm sure yeah. you saw the article from mid-August. It's now $5 trillion yeah. of federal COVID yeah. monies. Oh, yeah. You don't print off $5 trillion after we've just got off several trillion dollar unnecessary wars. Uh, you don't do that after you've opened up the southern border to have a major infiltration of so many um, actually young men of military age um, just completely infiltrate. I, I believe that that printing of $5 trillion was part of the part and parcel with the Obama's third term, which I believe we're in, of of destroying the United States of America. Yeah. Well, the country's gone through some uh, unbelievable times. Uh, they are historic in nature, to be sure. I want to talk to you now, Dr. Thorpe. This is kind of the important part of the conversation I really want to have you with it on is with... Uh, Okay, the continuation of this pushing of vaccines onto an unsuspecting part of the population, a lot of eyes have been opened. We've been working very hard here for over three years now, now since the start of COVID, in fighting uh, this epidemic of uh, nonsensical BS and, uh, you know, telling people to take matters into their own hands and not take uh, people's words for it. But a lot of people, they listen to the media, they listen to people around them, and they're taking these shots and these boosters and others. And uh, there's a long-term effect of the spike protein of the body. <clears throat> this messenger RNA, who these uh, two clowns just got a Nobel Prize on, which I talked about with Dr. McCullough on Pulse this past week, is an absolute joke. But talk about the pushing of the vaccines right now and the damage that is still being done onto unsuspecting people in the human body. It is absurd. It is so absurd, and it's so egregious, and it's so much the antithesis of of science this is not science this is fascism and you know just the very fact that the federal government right now including the press secretary the president himself and all of the administration are are really making some very dangerous um unprecedented completely false claims and if they were being consistent with how they treated physicians, the FTC would be all over them. Um, but the false claims that this administration has been making just for the last, I mean, they've been doing it forever now, but it is just unbelievable that they could make the anti-science statement that says, okay, this new vaccine that we're rolling out is going to be effective and save lives from future variants. This is a joke. This is like uh, in the twilight zone. That's completely false. They don't have any data. By the time that the vaccine is developed, 
the coronavirus, the new variant, has already mutated exactly. multiple times. Exactly. It's it's totally absurd. It's I, a scam. I mean, the variants are gone by the time you get the needle in the damn arm. If it wasn't even well, even if it was supposed to work, and I mean, if it did work, it would be too damn late at that point. That's absolutely right. And um, you know, I, I I find it it's opening up my eyes to the corruption of, of this government whistleblowers that I've had intimate conversations with, and I won't mention, well, one of them is a famous case up in Canada, um, and this is a policewoman. And then there's another one in the United States of America in a major city. And they both in in their respective police departments have been responsible for investigating sudden infant death syndrome. Um, and, and the one from the United States of America, um, I, I had interviewed her for 90 minutes just two days ago. Uh, just unbelievable. She has 250 cases of sudden infant death syndrome that have been stamped off, investigated, foul play ruled out, no shaken baby syndrome. Malcolm, 80% of those tragic cases were associated with a vaccine within seven days and 50% within 48 hours. I mean, the only thing you can deride from all that, uh, Dr. Thorpe, is that it's nefarious at best, and there has to be some sort of an agenda here. Look at Dave Martin and his two testimonies uh, just this, uh, a few months ago in Europe, one, one in Strasbourg and, and one in Brussels. I mean, compelling evidence, absolutely irrefutable that this was a planned rollout to really push this brand new platform on, on humanity. It, it's it's very, very concerning. Yeah, it, it is. And we got to continue to bring this uh, to the airwaves. We've got to continue to wake people up uh, to what's taking place here. It is so devious. Uh, Ian Nefarious, the players here and what they're doing. Let me publicly uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe, for all your um, your work, you and, and your beautiful wife, Maggie, I must add as well, all of your efforts with bringing this stuff to the attention of the American people. Uh, we are, um, I'm, I'm personally thrilled to have you uh, part of the American Law family. And, uh, and I want to tell people about this article, Rogue Americans Have Lost All Trust in the U.S. government's public agencies. If you want a real education on some of the problems and how, how clear it is, she does a lot of dot connecting in this. I know you I know you you guys worked real hard on this. A lot of dot connecting going on the piece. I know Maggie was in instrumental in some of this. So I wanted to comment on that, Jim. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having us on your platform. And Malcolm, thank you for all you do. You're saving a lot of my pregnant patients globally just by broadcasting the truth out. Thank you, sir. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, That's Dr. Jim Thorpe there. And uh, that piece again, that op-ed, please take a look at that on AmericaOutloud.news. Friends, it's all back there at AmericaOutloud.news. We are surely again on the front lines here. We need your help to circulate this truth all around the globe. Uh, Get it out there and wake people up to the truth. Thank you for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.